This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 44. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you can. Hello, welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellas, one confused minute at a time. <laughs> I'm Josh. I'm here with Ron. Hello. And joining us still, uh, Gabriel Hardman. Hello. So, this minute starts with Polly's confusion. <laughs> 
wait, are we still at the fucking wedding? Yes, like, we, are. <laughs> we are. We are. You're paying for picking that first minute because you've got to sit around for the rest of them. And the, the minute ends with Henry's reassuring affection. Yes. You don't have so, to worry about it. Yep. So this leads to, we, we had, in the last minute we had talked about the, the Peter Paul Marie, which leads to the line that is actually my favorite that uh, I think this comes, this comes up a lot. <laughs> well, I, I, I said it earlier in an episode of the podcast, actually. I'm sure we've, <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't come up several times. Sometimes I get confused myself. <laughs> now, what's interesting about this is that we have been saying this line and, and modifying it to be Paul Servino-esque all the time. Like we, oh, sometimes I can confuse myself. You know, like we, we've added an inflection to it. In the mm-hmm. movie, there is no inflection. He just says, sometimes I get confused. Like, it's flat. It's well, not. This is, <laughs> this is super happy, Paulie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but we, I'm just saying we've embellished it over the years. That's all. Yeah, he, well, he makes it charming. I'm just yeah. trying to add that, and I don't know that I can. <laughs> it's the many sides of Paulie Cicero. Oh, man, Paul Servino is just the best. When I, oh, He's the best. Yeah, it's very hard to not appreciate him when you watch, when you watch this movie in this sort of strident detail. <laughs> yeah. Just he, every this time. Is, this is him, like, you know, at his best in a lot of ways though i mean like and i don't supposedly he didn't want to play the part and everything but like yeah, yeah. The, um but the uh there's so many like i i just saw him in some like a this kind of really terrible mid-70s uh mike nichols movie uh, day of the dolphin and uh he's <laughs> like it's as bad as it sounds it's a, but um it, but like uh, he's terrible in it. Like he's not. He's playing this sort of ridiculous character. It's like this sort of lighter thing, and and he, you know, he's he feels like an actor who has not found his thing. You know, right? And I mean, he's just so good in this. It's so him. I, I can't. I don't know that I can tell you anything else that he was in that I, that is a standout in my mind. Law and so Order. I, Law and yeah, Order. I mean, and then Capulet in uh, in Romeo and Juliet. Okay, that's. I'm saying I tend to think of him as like, I'm like, oh, that, that guy's great. And then I realize that I don't really know why other than this movie. Yeah. Right, right. And I think that that's pretty impressive. You know, it's, it's an entire body of work in one supporting role. Like, it's that, not even it's, a star, starring role. It's a supporting role, right? If you look him up on IMDb and you get the results, yeah. it says Paul Sorvino, and then under it says actor, and then in the parentheses, it still only says Goodfellas 1990. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. I forgot that he was in both The Rocketeer and Dick Tracy. Hundred and fifty-six yeah. roles. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, how can you forget The Rocketeer and Dick Tracy? They're both terrible. <laughs> um, but they, <laughs> um, he's the, okay, he, the Rocketeer is slightly less terrible. He's the gangster in The Rocketeer, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's Eddie Eddie Valentine. Yeah. Was that before or after this? After. After. Yeah. Yeah, it was right after that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Well, what's interesting about him, though, in this whole scene is that he is somewhat a linchpin of this scene with the introductions and all that sort of stuff. In reality, uh, the real Paul, Paul Vario, didn't go to the wedding. <laughs> in fact, uh, Karen talks about in the book uh, about how she was surprised that Henry, uh, that, that Paulie was such a, uh, a father figure to Henry. She was surprised he wasn't at the wedding. Turns out he was doing 60 Days for Contempt. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's conflated with a scene that comes up later. Yeah. So no, but apparently he uh, he refused to testify before a Nassau County grand jury that was looking into bookmaking, and so he got sixty days. And so he was uh, in 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 prison during this. Well, it's <laughs> so not. It, so he, it wasn't that he wasn't there because he didn't want to be. No. Yeah. Know? No. Yeah. Because yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he didn't snub them. So yeah. the, so yeah. far I'm I'm going backwards. By the way, and the best thing I 
not the best, but the, the most notable thing that he can play. He played Kissinger in the Nixon film. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Other than that. Yeah, not, not much. A lot of just Italian names, which is exactly why he didn't want to do this movie. Yeah. Well, but, okay, think about this. He didn't want to be in this movie, right? right. He doesn't have good taste. <laughs> that, that's right? true. He doesn't, he's picking things based on his taste, and his, right. he thought, ah, oh, this thing. I don't, and I don't he know. did Dick Tracy the same year, so I don't know which one he shot first. <laughs> so it may have been that he chose to be in Dick Tracy, and fa- you know, fairness, Warren Beatty was a big, big star. So yeah. Well, sure, and everybody was in that, and I, I, I understand why you would be in yeah, and everybody thought yeah. that movie was going to be a hit. Yeah, and no matter what, it's Warren Beatty. You know, everybody in the movie was somebody. You know, I mean, all the you Pacino. Know, Pacino, he was in and Reds, yeah. Hoffman, and all these people. So yeah, he was in Reds. Reds is good. Reds, I, I so so he did that. Yeah, so yeah. he had the Warren Beatty relationship. Yep, yep. but uh, yeah, I, I mean, nothing else really stands out that much. Nothing is very like nothing. Yeah, uh, Day of the Dolphin, nineteen seventy three. Yeah. <laughs> Day of the Dolphin is about is a movie about this a movie about uh, people who uh, who train a dolphin to assassinate the president. Oh, wow! How is this not good? Well, here's the thing that just got me is that you, but you said it was a Mike Nichols movie. So yes, that's the weirdest thing about it. It is made. It's Mike Nichols it? directed it. Buck Henry wrote it. It's just it's just a testament to how fucked up these guys were they really floated off that graduate thing for a while i just watched uh um what's the the war movie with uh alan arkin yeah catch 22 i just watched that and i was like oh they were allowed to do whatever they wanted here so it looks like that continued for another three years today of the dolphin yeah, well, and then throughout the rest of his career, yes. I mean, the, uh, <laughs> the, it, it was he made The Graduate, and it's a great movie, and I, I don't know that, you know, there, there's not a ton else to recommend. <laughs> However, that's such a great movie, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is great. All right, so we get a... We, we, the first this, really significant divergence we've had on this show for a while, which I... Not a lot happens in this minute. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna tie it back to the minute though, because listening to Gabe talk about movies, I feel like Karen spinning at the wedding. It's quite dizzying, and it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> and we get another, we get another, the, the even cornier shot. Of yes, Karen spinning at the wedding. Karen by herself spinning, soaking it all in, which then transitions to uh, about forty seconds of people giving them money. Well, yeah, and and <laughs> here, yeah. Cat- but there's two things that I love about this, and it's the the the, the cutting yep. of the envelopes, the little jump cuts of the envelopes, you know, sort of getting, getting into her hand over and over again, and then the pullback where the, where we we get the wide shot of the giant line of bored wise guys waiting to hand her money. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's Fanning not just the wide shot. It, it's it's her point of view shot too. So yep. it's a there. You know, it's it's giving giving her the envelope, giving her the envelope, and then uh, her her you know reactions and stuff and then her face and she looks up and it's her point of view of all the rest of the people and which just tells you the story of how much money they are giving her yeah you know yeah. which is great great visual storytelling which and i would like to say i miss the era of an envelope with a hole cut in it so you could see the president from the dollar from the money inside the envelope that made it far enough that i've received them right yes it did i i don't i don't feel as if it's something that exists now though I, now that seems I, like that would be too gauche. 
Yeah. I don't think I, I never saw one of those before. Like I, uh, I never had any idea about that. I mean, oh, I, no, I don't, we, we, I don't my, think I, I wasn't related to anyone who would have enough money to give. Uh, well, it's I not. A, it's not about having enough money. It's just that that was it. I mean, like like every wedding, every I remember seeing my dad putting hundreds in envelopes to get when they were going to a wedding, and it was the it was the same envelope with the circle in it, and you see the the Benjamin in it. You know, like you see the Benjamin Franklin. Right. That I mean, and my dad, my parents, my dad wasn't a mobster. I mean, it, 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 that was that was that was the thing. That that was the <laughs> that was the thing. I mean, well, there's no such thing as the mafia, but oh, you sold that. That was my but that, dad, mobster. But that but that was the thing is that like to, and to this day, like I have friends, like I go to weddings and and I don't give presents. I, I give money. Like that's what you do. Like I that's that's how I, like that's how it was raised. You know. I, yeah. Well. Maybe yeah. It's Northeast thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it def- no, it definitely is. And also, what I'm finding out. So, in researching this episode, in the sequence, you see that you know the jump cuts of them handing, and then you see there's a shot of them putting the envelopes into a white bag. Mm-hmm. Josh, did you have one of these bags at your wedding or no? I feel like there might have been a bag. Uh, okay, well, so I was raised with the like that was always referred to in my family and life and whatever and and all that sort of stuff as the booster bag. Right. Oh, and and so I thought as we were researching this episode, I was like, oh, that's curious. I wonder where that came from. Okay, I can find no documentation of the fact that there's something called a booster bag for weddings. In fact, there is something called a booster bag. And according to Wikipedia, a booster bag is a handmade bag used to shoplift, typically from retail stores. It's ironic. (laughs) Interesting. But that said, if you Google booster bag wedding, you do get Etsy, and there are these nice wedding kind of white bags that are that are for weddings to, to put the money so in. So at it is first, a thing. I, at first, I thought you were going to go through this whole thing and find out this was just something specific to your family that doesn't apply to anybody else. But now you brought me back around again. I'm happy that you. Yeah, no, it does. It, 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 it is. It is. I mean, it is referred to in I guess in Long Island or Northeast or whatever. Like a booster bag is the thing that the month the bags of money the money goes into. But it's it's not a widespread thing. That's because all. of your nature as criminals. I, I guess I just thought it was a, <laughs> I thought it was a little close to home that uh, that the actual definition of booster bag is a bag used for theft. <laughs> well, I mean. Where'd that money come from? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. nobody, no one's let's working. Be there. Honest. Hey, listen. Yeah, well, I mean, let's just be. Let's you know, stop dancing around it. Well, hey. Know? I think. <laughs> let's not. Let's not. I mean, I admit that there's the one shot of the envelope of money where the envelope is just really thick and like the edges are all ragged. You know, like you know, there's a lot of money in that one. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm not gonna let you guys profile every attendee of this wedding. Not everybody is mafia at this wedding. Well, the ones giving huge wads of $100 bills, by the way, 1967 equivalent $100 bills. Um, I can do the math on that, but that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. And I like that. But I mean, the thing is this, though. Look at how many people are there. So the other side of it is that then you are going to have to go to all the weddings of those people and their five kids and everything. And you're going to you're going to you're going to put out as much money as you you brought in. It's a zero sum game. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't care about giving out the money. I just don't want to go to all those fucking weddings. I, I really don't. <laughs> that just sounds horrific. Yeah. I think you're out of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that, that said, there are some there are some guidelines around the getting invited. Like only like if you are a if you're more than a first cousin, you don't get invited. Like if you're a second or third cousin, you don't get invited. So there are ways to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they're gonna just do the thing where they invite everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This looks like one of those, yeah. and it's everybody in the crew. Yeah. So. Same thing. <laughs> so, do you think it's a competition? 
So uh, a little a little touch of humor of Karen worrying about the bag when they're dancing. <laughs> Although it's actually great storytelling, you know. I mean, just saying that you know nobody's going to steal the steal that here. You know, I mean that that says a ton, and right. it and it and it puts it in a perspective. You know, I, I mean, I think that that's. Uh, I mean, I remember that being a huge standout moment when I first saw the movie. I actually the notes sort of similar to that is that his attitude towards it is really interesting because. He, he's saying that that's not a thing that would happen here. And I always remember hearing a thing, you know, where I don't know where I heard this, but it was just something that I, I came to know is like if you were in a neighborhood that was like a mobbed up neighborhood, like those were super safe neighborhoods. That was always like the thing. Well, like, can, can you go back and talk about a mobbed up neighborhood there? You know Josh. what I'm saying? Like, like, <laughs> if, like there was a neighborhood where like a crime boss lived, like nobody fucks with that neighborhood. Right. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, that is true. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so like, so that's like a thing. And and so you've got this sort of weird code where in this situation nobody would steal that, but then later in the movie basically they're they're saying, you know, it's it's your best friend that does it. Yeah. True. And I I think that's a really interesting contrast that they that they get across here over the course of the movie. And then and and Gabe's right, this is the one part where they, they really nail that down. Like he is in no way concerned, even though that he's in a room with hundreds of professional thieves. Yes. And, and there is a, and there is a lot of money in that bag. Yes, there is. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there would be a lot of money today. Yeah. Then you oh, add yeah. the inflation and uh, and all that stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, so before we move on, Gabe, we want we wanted to kind of talk a little more about your film experience in in regards to Goodfellas. Uh, do you remember the first time you saw it? I absolutely remember it. Wow. Uh, it right. was uh, yeah. I mean, I was 16 when the movie came out. It was uh, um, I was sort of I, I think I had. I'd seen a few Scorsese movies. I, I, I believe I'd seen Taxi Driver because it, it made a huge impression on me. No. Uh, you know, just renting it on VHS. I was a big movie nerd. I don't know if this has come across. Well, that was my question: uh, is, is, is had it hit you at sixteen yet, or was oh that, so, or, fuck yeah? Okay. And uh, <laughs> that sixteen was probably like the year that I you know that I really became you know super serious about it, and I like watched literally like watched every Hitchcock movie and, uh, and like, uh, on, you know, on VHS. And then this movie coming out, I mean, I remember seeing, I was, I bought like a, you know, I was like reading film comment or something like that, like, you know, and not really getting it, but reading it to pretend like I was really into it, you know, and remember seeing an ad for it and think, and not even knowing that there was a new Scorsese movie coming out and, uh, you know, and, uh, very excited about it. The movie completely like blew me away. I took, I, you know, I made a, a friend of mine, uh, you know, who wasn't as into movies. Like I, I made him go with me and, and like to show him the movie because it was like, <laughs> it, 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 you know, made an enormous impression on me. Um, you have to see. Can, are you understand? Are you feeling what yeah. I'm feeling? Look at this. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I was like, uh, you know, it, it was one of the big key movies that I went to over and over again. And I and I at one point, uh, the this was in Sarasota, Florida, and I where I went to high school, and there uh, and I was in a, a sort of arts program there. Uh, like half the day, I was it was fine art oriented, and the local report, like a local reporter who was the guy, who was the film critic came around to do a little uh, story on our thing but I had seen he gave like a kind of middling review to Goodfellas on on uh, uh, you know on the news and uh, and like I was furious with this like I was furious <laughs> with this guy I would have uh, seen that <laughs> dismissive review to uh to to Goodfellas and then he comes around to our school and like and like I you know I approached him and I was carrying a hammer at the time 
but uh, but I, I and and I think I that I'm. Swear to God, on my fucking mother. <laughs> but uh, you know, but I, I I wasn't I wasn't exactly trying to get across the idea that I was going to hit him with the hammer, but uh, <laughs> but I did confront him about his Goodfellas review, and it it was an uncomfortable situation. But you know, but I felt very strongly about stuff like this at the time. I had two questions then. Yeah. Were you aware of and anticipating the movie ahead of time? Yes, a little bit. I mean, like, it was it was something where I was like, oh, I've got to see this. I mean, the previous movie had been... Uh, Last Temptation of Christ. Last Temptation of Christ. But, the, but in between was New York Stories. And, and his part of New York Stories I actually really loved. The, uh, the Nick Nolte, you know, life lessons, you know, sequence from... New York stories. And I loved that. I loved it when it came out. And then something really like uh, just kind of clicked with me about it, about the style of it and the, the way that he uh, presented everything and the New York of it. And like I was desperate to move to New York and to, you know, and I was uh, studying art, and I, you know. And so so like I after seeing that was when I went back, I watched Taxi Driver, I watched a lot of these other movies and, you know, started getting sort of obsessed with Scorsese. I mean, I know that, like, you know, I, I remember at the time my mom hated his movies, you know, like, thought that, you know, like, she was like, oh, they're so uncomfortable and all that sort of stuff. And, like, by the time I was 16, I was, I, I was desperate for that level of discomfort in a movie, you know? Like, that's what I wanted. I loved that. Violence and discomfort, but you know, in a in a sort of non-exploitive way, but in that that really, like you know, the, with with that sort of edge to it. So yes, I was anticipating it, but then it exceeded my expectations, and it was a movie that I really, uh, you know, kind of held on to. So you instantly, like it, inst- it instantly did it for you. It oh fuck the first <laughs> you know the shot where in the beginning where you know from you know from the you know uh, the the push in and the gangster line. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I still, I still is like one of the most exciting things imaginable. Yeah. Well, so that led to my third question: Is do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy the same things about it now that you did then? I think so. I think though that in a way, I thought of it as a more serious movie then than I do now. I like, can see that. You know, now I feel like it's more of an entertainment movie than mm-hmm. it is a you know, uh, you know this. You know, I mean, I I think I bought in a lot to, you know, to the way that Martin Scorsese presents himself as this, you know, this guy who loves John Cassavetes movies and the French New Wave and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, and uh, that that I, I, you know, put on a sort of art like pedestal uh, back then. And now I look at it. It's just this really entertain, like kind of aggressively entertaining movie. You could. Yeah. I mean, you could be describing Quentin Tarantino right there. I mean, it's like the same kind of thing. Like He was very. Yeah, postmodern I don't, referential I don't think movies, though. So but, no, I know, but but either, in a way that like, if you're 20 years old and you see Pulp Fiction for the first time, right. you're going, oh, that's incredibly filmic. That's and it's not. I mean, it is, but he's he's referring to things, and that's what Scorsese's doing too, in the yeah, same I way. Yeah, I think Scorsese's doing that. I I know Scorsese's doing that a lot, but I but I do feel like it might just be because I saw the I was exposed to the Scorsese movies younger yeah. than the Tarantino movies. Right. Although technically. It, what Reservoir Dogs came out in '92, yeah. and I saw it at the Angelica. I already lived in New York. I was 17 or 18 or something, and I didn't like it then. But the um, but like it, I think that just I hit it. You know, this hit me at exactly the right moment. You know, mm-hmm. this was like the movie like that for me, and uh, and so I just might not have the perspective on the things that he's you know he's referencing. Yeah. But I feel like this does it better. It's less 
self-conscious and I feel like it's more true to these characters than it is to these these big superficial references. Yeah, no, I think I think he's definitely I mean he's he's trying to stay true to Henry Hill's story, I think, than to tell what it's like to be a New York mobster, I think. That, that that's what I've always taken away from. Or it. to, you know, to I mean there's there I don't think that there are big literal references to, you know, earlier gangster films. Right. Well, well, well that 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 sort of cut to the wedding, which you sort yeah. of said related to, it. and then at the very end, I mean, we'll get to it on the show, but there's you know there's that shot of Pesci as uh, is it like he's well, yeah, from the you know Edwin S. Porter thing or whatever, yeah, yeah. but I mean, I, yes, there's that, but I don't, but I really think that that's although that's really more that's a reference to the to the you know the western the yeah uh, the yeah the the the, the yeah, you're right yeah. The, you know, it's not from uh, a, a gangster film, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean that whatever it's called, Soldiers of Pig Alley or something like that, the D.W. Griffith uh, gangster movie. Yeah. But I think that it's not, it's, you know, Tarantino is, what he does is, you know, take things and, you know, he's a pastiche artist in a, in a lot of ways. And he, you know, and, and I think Scorsese is as well. But I really think that, you know, the content wins out for Scorsese. It's, it's more important what's going on in the scene and the emotion and all that sort of stuff than it is to uh, kind of, uh, you know, slavishly recreate things from movies that he loves. Yeah. I'm not drawing. I'm. I'm. I'm just trying to draw a through line. I'm not. We don't. We I don't no. 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 Yeah. I mean, I'm not disagreeing though. You know. I mean, I just. Uh, to me, I think that he does it in. You know, with a little more subtlety. I right. feel like like my experience is a little more similar to yours. Like, well, like when Ron's talking about it, he's like, I recognize these things from my life yeah. and my family's past. Whereas that was the same thing. I was just like, I'd never seen a movie like this. Well, so, yeah. so, so being a 16 year old watching this movie and then moving to New York, did, did, did New York disappoint or did New York fulfill? Well, I didn't spend all my time in Queens. Uh, so, <laughs> but, uh, I can tell you that doesn't work, <laughs> but uh, no, 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 no. I, I loved it. I loved living in New yeah. York. I loved, uh, you know, I moved there when I, I was, I was 16 when I saw this, and I graduated the following summer from high school. So I was still 16 when I graduated and yeah. moved it. So, like, uh, it, you know, I absolutely loved it. Early 90s, you know, kind of scummy, you know, uh, New York. I miss it. I miss it. The greatest. I loved it. Yeah. So on a previous episode, you told us about uh, seeing Scorsese at the, uh, on the Letterman show. Uh, have you, in your Hollywood adventures, have you run into Leota, De Niro, Pesci, any of, these, any of the stars? Just De Niro. I I'm a storyboard artist and so and he was directing a film of uh, the Good Shepherd and or he was trying to get it going at that point and he was working on one of the Meet the Parents movies I think <laughs> and uh, you know and they he was looking for somebody to storyboard the movie uh, and for him the one he was directing and uh, so I got you know I knew somebody you know and and they recommended me for it and I went over and I met with him in his trailer uh, on the Universal lot and it was a very odd experience in that I mean it was just you know me and him in a meeting you know I'm I'm coming in to show him my storyboard stuff and uh, and like I, I give him the book and he you know he looks through the book and my, you know, book storyboards and like doesn't say anything and and then just kind of sets it down on the table and we're both sitting on this same couch and he just sits there and does that kind of Robert De Niro head bob thing. <laughs> and and like and I'm just like, so what exactly are you looking for? Or is it you just want some storyboards for second unit or what? He's like, no, no, I want it for uh, for first unit, meaning the stuff he would direct. 
And and then I just had to keep asking him questions because he's the least articulate person I've ever met in my life. It was crazy. I drove the meeting, you know, like he's the director of this movie. And I just had to be the one who kept asking questions. And finally, you know, we kind of ran out of it and we stood up and went to, uh, you know, went to leave. And uh, and he kind of patted me on the shoulder. and He's like, well, it was a good meeting. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I left, you know, I left through his multi levels of bodyguards and stuff. And, but it was great. I didn't end up working on the movie because they made it much later. And I was doing some, you know, they, you know, it, it didn't come together for another, you know, while. And I was working on something else or whatever. But honestly, it was better to just go have that meeting and, oh, I think uh, so. you know, and like, than it would be to actually like try to interpret things from a guy who doesn't actually talk. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, he he took your he took your portfolio and he patted. It, he goes, "All right, you might know who I am, but we know who you are." <laughs> <laughs> but you no, know, I mean that was cool though. It was it was great just to meet him. I, I you know that that was better than the, you know working with him. I, I was I, I was hoping that at the end of the meeting you you would have gone in for a hug and that wouldn't have gone very well. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm glad. It's funny though that you say that he did that he puts the book down and does the De Niro head bob. I know exactly. Like I can picture it. That's uh, that's no, amazing. It was, it was weird because he's just doing the thing that you would think he'd do. You know, <laughs> I mean, I I generally don't expect people to you know, uh, you know, to to act that way. Although in movies he talks, so you know, yeah. That's- Somebody tells him what to say. <laughs> He seems to be a very smart guy. He just doesn't. I don't think that he uh, talks a lot. Right. Interesting. Fascinating. If only there were more people like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so any other any other uh, memories of Goodfellas or anything that, that you want to share? Do do you uh, do you, are you with me and disagree that it should have won the Oscar or agree that it should have won the yeah, Oscar? I, I was furious about that. I mean, I, I, I like he's going to come out and be like, no, I think Dances with Wolves. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I I really. Uh, um, uh, no, no. I mean that—that that was one of those, you know, one of those huge moments where you're, where I, I'm like, this, this whole Oscars thing is bullshit. You know, I mean, and, and like, I, you know, like, the, 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 like angry teenage me. You know, that was really, really important. And, yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, no. So I agree. Sure. Yeah. Any other notes for the minute? I assume we're done with that. Uh, well then, Josh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> No, no, I mean the thing. <laughs> I assume we're done with that. <laughs> the minute, the the content of the film yes. that we're here to talk about. Okay. So, so to, to close it out, also there was uh, no fucks in this episode. None. So none, 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 none of the fucks. fucks. Yeah. Still at ninety, <laughs> and that'll do for minute number forty-four. You can listen to minute forty-five tomorrow. Uh, Gabe will come back for the last minute of the week. Uh, until then, check us out at Twitter at Goodfellas Min or on Instagram and Facebook at GoodfellasMinute.com. You can find all of our episodes at goodfellasminute.com. I said that. To support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash gfm or you can go to goodfellasminute.com slash support. You can also shop via our Amazon link. And finally, if you have any questions, you can email us at contact at goodfellasminute.com. Tomorrow, supporting patron gets a mob name. It's going to be exciting. That one. And that'll do it. So we will uh, see you tomorrow. Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is up.